Today's show is sponsored by fucking. (laughs) We've all done, not all of us, not all of us, but I say a good bit have done it. And damn it, Mary Supply is there for you. Mary Supply is the best place to find adult toys, adult products, and, you know, kind of rekindle some of that fire you've had, used to have, I should say. So go to marriagesupply.com, pick, pick up something, you know, summer's coming, get a little hot and heavy, marriagesupply.com. I love it. I'm also going to tell you, uh, uh, you know, a pre- pre-roll for this episode is brought to you by Emery, the band, the Christian rock screamo sensation Emery, yep. who has, I'm the lead singer of who's it. now releasing <laughs> Blu-rays. Because I don't know what year it is. So we have a Blu-ray, but it's actually pretty neat because Blu-ray is high quality. It's a video product that we have. It's I'm I was only ask, a man. It's HD. It is, is oh, it HD? Yeah, oh yeah, it's full. It's a uh, HD. It's real nice quality, uncompressed audio, and uh, we've got mm. the week's end and I'm only a man available on Blu-ray in US oh, dollars. Yeah. And you get twenty five percent off if you join Emory Land, in which case it costs the same price except for you get the membership to Emory Land. In which oh, yeah. case, those specials are on demand in full quality to stream right away while you wait on the Blu-ray to get made, manufactured, and shipped. So it's really more of a pre-order. But that's up as of Friday. If it's this comes out on Thursday or Wednesday night, so it might not be up just today, but tomorrow it'll be up. So go to Emory's website, emorymusic.com, and go to the Shop tab or look for one of the you know, multiple posts on social media soon and get mm-hmm. this Blu-ray. And next time we do a Blu-ray, I'm going to do a 5.1 mix for it because I just realized you can Ooh, do that. Wow. So now that we're mm. making albums in their fullness yeah. with video in a live mm. performance, it actually brings stuff like that into the picture for the first time. And then I believe the next stop after that is VR. So we're going... That's the future. Oh, it's not yeah. today. It's not next week, but mm-hmm. we're fully in the mode of adapting to new technologies as they come. Now, Blu-ray, I didn't see coming. Blu-ray sounded like a step back, but really, it's just the like vinyl is, you know? Vinyl is the dominant product. Right. Maybe Blu-ray and these higher video formats might be. But in any case, the, whether it's streamed or on demand or whatever, it's kind of cool to be making a high-quality video and audio product that I think is better than just an MP3 on Spotify. 
personally. Oh yeah, great. That uh, that VR comment though got me thinking about marriage supply. <laughs> All right, go back. Continue uh, the pre-roll for marriage supply and VR. Well, I was also thinking. Do you think by me uh, using the language that I did for that ad, did that help or hurt sales for marriage supply? Um, I'm gonna say it hurt the podcast, but helped marriage supplies. <laughs> I'm almost positive that would be the way. Not overall good for the podcast. Maybe overall good for the podcast, too. But in short term, good for marriage supply, bad for the podcast. Because it's somebody's first listen. They're going to click on here because they want to listen to Aaron Gillespie. You know, because they like some of his Christian music that he makes, just like we're Christian stars. He's a Christian star. So he has a lot of Christian, you know, consumers that are going to find this on a web search for their favorite Christian singer, Aaron Gillespie. And then they're going to hear that. And so we, that's going to, that's going to be a stumbling block. It's going to keep them from going any further. But all of your rowdy sex friends are all going to go buy stuff. So good for you. But well, you make you make me feel guilty and bad. <laughs> All their Christian heroes love to fuck. I guess what's the problem? Do. Well, it is marriage supply. That's the funny thing about the company is that it's a porn-free site for you know sex, having sex. Yeah, so well, that's it, but there's you a brought need. that up. You you brought that up, and I was just uh, it came to mind, so I might as well go ahead. You know, what we hadn't done in a little while is read uh, iTunes reviews of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This one was 5-12-2021. So this just happened. Fresh one. Bad? Question mark? Sure. Christian? Doesn't look like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got to hit the more. I was an early fan when the pod first started. I loved how they tackled topics in the church that were uncomfortable to discuss. Then things got fishy. So I stopped listening. I tuned back in today, you know, just to see how things had changed. And my goodness, you got these guys lamenting over missed opportunities over premarital sex. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) Shameful. (laughs) He wrote shameful. They were like, we could only go so far and we would feel so bad about. No kidding. They said this, painting it as if they would have felt better if they had gone all the way. This is not a biblical disposition. (laughs) This is sin. All men are wicked apart from the holy God, but to advocate sin in such a proud way, shame on you. I laud you guys for your early work, presenting yourselves as broken men, but pursuing a relationship with God, you know, as it should be. But you guys are in sin. You're causing brothers and sisters to stumble. And like That's a long your more review. recent reviews, I know, I'm calling on you to repent and stop presenting yourselves <laughs> you're, you're as Christians so long as you continue in these ways. You're making that up. You wrote that. No, I'm not. I swear. <laughs> uh, look, we have new I people swear. find this podcast. The internet has a way of discussing. You know, so it's not it, new people find this damn thing, and this is what they find is your filth. He's it was so funny is he still had to give us one star, he can't go less than that. So we still got a star for this podcast. I mean, I mean it's that is unbelievable. I mean, he did give something, he he's given yeah, star, us a, it, stars are good inherently, yeah. And I think so, this is very one. bizarre. And is now this, he's so invested, one. I imagine he'll be back in a few years to see if we've cleaned it up and he'll be happy to give a five star. Say they found the Lord again. You know, we could really give this guy a really treat if we could make an episode for him in a few years where it all comes out good in the end and he checks back in. I guarantee you get a five star if we, you know, make make the right choices from here out. Now that I've read, heard his review and had heard it said so plainly, maybe he's got a point, you know? Might out ahead back the old direction. 
I mean, I can't believe how many people wrote these recently. Listen to this one. The title is, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast has gone from three guys having honest conversations about things that needed to be challenged in the church to two jaded guys who take every opportunity to blast and tear down the church. Listen for a few years, but I won't listen again. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I, I, let's bring on Gillespie. He's coming in too, and we'll get his take on it and go from there. <laughs> see if he can see us and hear us. But here he comes. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Doing it's good. Good, to, good to see hey. you. You too. Dang, Lunsford too. Shit. I'm here, man. I got a brick wall. <laughs> God, dude. You even got props. Toby ain't got no props. I know. Uh, Aaron, we were just, uh, well, I'll talk to both Aaron's this time, but uh, we were just reading bad reviews for this uh, podcast, and they're terrible. But, for your uh, own podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just people are obliterating us. But I was thinking, you know, since you're like a you know world-class, famous musician, this one, this is one of the bad ones here that I think you're going to get this now from having been on this show. This one said, listen to this uh, episode because of John Cooper. You know, that's the, uh, what's the name Skillet. of that band? Skillet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. W- because John Cooper was on it, and it will be the only episode I listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Oh. It, I mean, it just, this is awful. I mean, it gets worse and worse. I'm not going to read anymore. But yeah, we should go back you and don't do want this. Anymore, I mean, you don't want to do anymore? What, I mean, what would it take to get good reviews now? You know, I mean, we, we got right. a lot of good reviews. How many reviews does it say we have? Like, uh, we, well, we got 4.3 out of five. That's so we're doing pretty good, but we have 1.9 ratings, thousand ratings. Yeah, so it's like almost 2,000 reviews. So, uh, you know, most of them are good. So yeah. There's got to be mean, a good amount of bad ones. <laughs> I feel like I have a theory being a musician, especially, I don't think anybody likes anything. No one likes anything. People Nobody? don't like anything. Oh, not at all. Like, you could put out. Whatever you want to put out, you can make a podcast, you could write a book, make a new out, whatever. No one likes, no one actually likes anything. People just hate stuff. Like, <laughs> no one likes music, no one likes movies or books or podcasts. People don't, no one likes anything. But they consume it? They have to. They have to, to hate it. They have nothing else to do. Wait, Toby, are you drinking <laughs> a beer good. right now? Well, it's a non-alcoholic Coors Edge, my friend. <laughs> I thought you, I heard, I was running the other day and listening to the podcast. You guys were talking about that 69 thing you do. I was like, damn, yeah. he broke 69 already, dude. That's- no, I haven't. I have, Now, I'm going on vacation, so I am, but with the 69X, you get, you can save up X's for the time, so I'm, I, I saved up my X's so I can have some beverages on my. Yeah, we have a system that allows you a little bit of flexibility, so as to be able to take something like a challenge and convert it to a sustainable thing. So you do have a floating day where you can indulge in something, assuming you get the whole week right. The week before, you get one floating so, exception a week. So it's like vacation days at work. Like you can, yes. you can, you can stay. Yeah, so that's if right. you like, if you kick ass the week before, you get to like. I got it. Yeah. Nice, dude. Nice. So so non-alcoholic beer the rest of the time. I'm getting really used to non-alcoholic beer, but I know no matter what that it's not going to do anything. Like I'm not going to get wasted or even a buzz from it. And that thought 
affects the first drink. You know, like after a long day, you get a real beer yeah. and you take that first taste, you go, oh shit. It's so dope. You know, yeah. A little while from now, things are going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> if my life will, it will be better. This I, this, I just go, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun beverage. <laughs> but that's it. There's okay. nothing. A bunch of my friends you know. just did uh, 75 hard or yeah. whatever. Yep. And they were drinking, they were all drinking this stuff called hop water. Um, Oh yeah, I know. That I haven't. I, 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 from what I've read in my mind, it feels and sounds like a like a beer flavored Lacroix, which yeah sounds like it would suck. But yeah, pretty yeah, much it. It's just a little bit for the punishment of having that taste. It's like an active drink, you know, where you have to, you know, it's a little bit painful to drink it, which is why you. That's what you like about alcohol, though. You like it. It's a little bit of poison, so it has to have a little bit of penalty to it. Like spicy food or super yeah. sour warheads or something. I mean, you're trying to get your kick, you know. It's a little bit of pain yeah. involved. <laughs> I was just at a baseball game. My son is in Little League, and um, which is why it took us so long to figure out a, a date to do this. But he, uh, they sell warheads there. I haven't seen warheads in like 20 years. And I just, no one buys them. I asked a lady at the snack bar. I was like, does anybody buy these? She's like, no, no one's ever bought one. I was like, dang, should I get one? I'm like, I'm 38 years old. I shouldn't be eating more. <laughs> probably rip a hole through my esophagus or something. I want to go back to what you said about that nobody likes any music or media. I really no think likes- that that might be worth developing the idea. So what you're saying is that everybody doesn't like stuff and they just watch it to see what they don't like, basically. And they have to because what else is there to do? So we're in a position that's funny where we're making a, like a little trade-off. We make stuff for people to not like, and they appreciate that we make them things for them to not like. Well, there's another side <laughs> to the theory. There's another side to the theory. I, ha- I had this long-running theory on tour forever. I don't know that any of us have ever had this conversation, but I don't think there's any bad music or any bad television shows. Okay. There's nothing bad, Right. Like, somebody somewhere is like, this is my shit. <laughs> like, somebody is still watching Days of Our Lives right now at 1.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, and yeah. they think it's sick. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and on, on, on the reverse of that, the juxtaposition of that is this. Everyone hates everything. They just Both do. are true. But they're both true. They both have to be true. One can't be true without the other. They're, they are... They are the mirror of each other. It's a fact. Because I, like, I had decided a long time ago that I was going to, like, not engage when our band puts out something and gets negative thing. And then I got deeper into the engagement cable. <laughs> <laughs> I went deeper down the hole. So I've decided now that I'm just going to do what I want because no one likes anything anyways and it doesn't matter. Or And everyone likes everything, so it's fine. Like. Okay. How did you get back down the deep hole? I just... Tell us about that adventure. Okay, so you guys are in a band. We've known each other for 20 years. You make stuff, right? And you really believe in it, you know? And you spend time on it. Like, you spend, like, months on making 10 songs. And then it comes out, and everyone's like, this is trash. You guys suck. (laughs) Like, why did you make this? And I was like, damn, dude. Like, I just... like. Tim is the best at this. He's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, opinions. Like, he's so, like, learned about it. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, we just spent five months.
months on this. So I got back down the K-hole because I sat quiet. This is in 2018. I sat quiet and I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. And then I, it's, I forget the exact comment, but some kid one day, like, left a, <laughs> like a direct message. Like, like how could you? <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was just like, dude, it's not like I just, like, kidnapped your child. Like, we just made a piece of music we like. And then it just sent me down the cable. For a couple you? months, I was fine. Oh, I have a really good story. I have a really good story. <laughs> so, so I, there was a guy in another band, and I'll leave him nameless. And Spencer told me, like, we're sitting somewhere. <laughs> and Spencer told me, he goes, this dude just ripped Erase Me Apart. That's the name of our last record. And he made, he, he made a podcast about it. And this guy had the same first name as the guy who actually made this podcast. So I went on Instagram and just ate this dude's lunch. And it wasn't wrong the guy. Same, it wasn't the same guy. <laughs> so now I feel it was like, it was some other Burt McCracken. No, no. On, on the reverse, on the reverse. Now I'm just like, now I think I can do it. Like when Under Oath finally puts out something else, I think I'll be okay. Like I. <laughs> I, I'm in recovery of of the engagement K hole. No, I think you're you're guessing. No, you feel so strong about your latest effort that surely they'll like this one. You're setting yourself up for a big for another big wobble. Yeah. Oh, you're you telling yourself, say, "No, this one's so good they they won't be able to criticize this one." Diagnosis. It's weird. dude. It's it's hard, right? Like, because I really don't want to care. Like, I really like Tim from our band actually doesn't care. Like he he's like we worked hard on this and I love it. Like he, and, and Chris is the same way. Like, they don't care. They really don't. But I get, it bothers me, man. And but I you don't it. see it as a magnitude thing? Like, uh, obviously, you're still, like, the biggest band possible. So when people hear you say that, they go, yeah, but you got a few bad comments. But aren't you doing insane numbers and getting insane tours and opportunities you've never had and more and more people than ever know about you? That is also really, true. Do you guys really care about that? Like, because I, if, if you distill it down to who you are as a person, as an artist, like, I really only care if you and Toby and Aaron and my friends think it's cool. Like, right? But then if it, so, so when someone says something on a personal level, it feels like it's one of my friends almost. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, right. I love, like, I, I'm, we're so lucky that we get to do this bigger stuff or whatever you just said. But like, at the end of the day, if you text me and go, damn, dude, like, that thing is sick. Then I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I won. And what social media has done, it's the catalyst where everybody's accountable to everybody else at all times, right? So, like, when someone hits you up on the sidebar, it feels like it's one of your friends. Yeah, being right. Like, it's in the presentation this, of friend, yeah. This sucks. And you're like, damn. Do you know what I mean? Because I realistically was never wounded by magazine articles when people would say, band True. sold out. You know, that didn't bother me, but it's fact, if, That's but if true. you text me and was like, yo, that new record you did, you shit the bed, it sucks. I'd be like, oh no, like I'm in trouble now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever tour is, whatever tour, it doesn't matter. If my friends think I'm, it's good, then I won, right? So right. social media is... Yeah, that's true because you used to say, "Yeah, the, we got the bad review, but look how many records we sold, or whatever," and you'd feel like that was really great. 
But, you know, for every record you sell, there's also 10 people that they show it to that say, that's fucking shitty, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you just hadn't heard from them before, but for whatever reason, they want to DM you and tell them that you've personally let them down by some terrible choice you've made that's immoral. Is what that? That's what it feels like. I think with our last record too, and I don't know that like anything in the future will hit as hard as it did with with the comment K hole for me because it was all moral stuff. You know, it was all like you guys said fuck in a song. So you know, I mean, it was crazy. There was a guy that I I had a whole Instagram taken down because this dude started a Instagram. Warning parents about bad lyrics from former faith-based bands. <laughs> it was like this whole thing. I mean, this guy was providing a service, and I just, dude, I lost it. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, and he ended up taking it down, and we became friends. It was so, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It was so weird. But. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact of the matter that, like, there's this Dave Eggers book that came out years ago called The Circle about how everyone was going to become accountable to everybody and cops are going to have cameras. And it's set in the past, and it's so weird that all of that has come true. Everyone is accountable to everyone, like, but, at all times, you know? Yeah. And it's weird, though, because you used to be, like, I think that the celebrities, I was telling Toby this before, but obviously, I just don't even think anybody can argue that being a celebrity is becoming not good like you know like it's uh people don't like celebrities anymore either like i think the things have changed since oh i don't know 2003 you know and especially since 2016 or so but now you know it used to be people like celebrities and now you like for them to fail you you like for them to be brought down a peg same with the billionaires and everybody like there is a movement with all the transparency and with all the accountability to everybody about yeah. everything that everybody's like, okay, we can start to bring all these motherfuckers down that we're on, you know, and you're higher up than a lot of musicians, you know what I'm saying? So I think you probably feel that more well, than well, we so, do. It's, but. it's really like what Aaron was just saying. You just have access to everything yeah. now. And there's so much content that you can just shit on anything because there's so much. I mean, yeah. what? You can easily shit on a movie when you just watched a TikTok that somebody made in their backyard and it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, they, and you're like, well, who, who gives a shit? Like, I, like I've caught myself. I watched that new uh, Zack Snyder zombie uh, uh -oh. thing on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, ah, this is whatever. But, I mean, it, it, like you said, <laughs> he worked so hard on it and thought it would be great and had all these actors and did all this stuff. And my immediate response was, hey, could have done better. I mean, I don't know. Why did he try? Snyder? I know. Like, what, why did he choose that? Yeah, how much time did he really spend doing this? Right. Boy, he really phoned that one in. Golly, man. But, it, but it's because I watched something else on the, you know, before it, and I was like, oh, that was really good. You know, it, it, there's just so much, and I have access to all of that. And, I mean, how long ago, I mean... I guess you could say some famous directors and stuff like that, but you didn't know. And you know, maybe there's like Scorsese or you know some a, a few big directors. Now you know all of them, and you you interact with them online. Yeah, and you know their twitters and their all this stuff, and you can write stuff and piss them off. <laughs> and and all, I mean, it's just so much access to everything that, of course, you could shit on it all. Yeah, it's it's the, everyone has become. Like, I remember in high school, I had this friend named Jason, and he was super into, he called movies films, you know, like that, that kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, I know him. I know and that he guy. Knew, 
he knew the name of every director. And this was, I was in high school. So this was the late nineties and we called him a nerd. You know what I mean? Like he was a, that dude's a fucking nerd. Like he's into all that stuff, whatever. And I feel like now everyone is just a nerd. Everyone knows everything about everything. Like, like music (laughs) producers even. Oh yeah, dude. He produced that. You didn't know that when you were 17. When we were 17, like, I was super into the Third Eye Blind record. I didn't know who the fuck made that record. You know what I mean? Like, Eric Valentine. And I still don't. (laughs) Eric Valentine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, but like, unless you were a nerd. nerd. Yeah. I know. know. You didn't know. know. It's, and it's, it's, it's I didn't know what an Albini was until I was like 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, they made all the records I listened to when I was in. Junior high. Okay, cool. That's fine. The only producers I knew the name of uh, were the guy that made the Juliana Theory record. I think he passed away, actually. Um, he was like, he was the guy doing Barry Pointer. He, he died? He didn't, he oh, didn't yeah. die. He no, did. he's not dead. Barry no, Pointer sure? didn't die. Hold on. He's from he Little Rock. Rock. I feel like I would have heard about that. He did every, right? He's a living sacrifice of Juliana Theory like and Zayo and Dead he Poet. Makes our, he makes our demo that got us signed. Yeah, he did, did he? everything. Yeah, he did. Oh, he ain't dead. <laughs> I mean, all right, based on how much he smoked, I wouldn't be surprised that you, you know. I asked Jesse Smith one time. I was like, what was he like? What was it like being there? You know? And Jesse was like, he just is always doing something bad. Like he's smoking or eating a pizza mm-hmm. or like, that's what Jesse said about him. He's <laughs> He's always just doing a negative thing to this person. God, dude. That's crazy. But that snare sound, though. Oh. I mean, do you remember that, though? Like, do you remember, like, when your friends would put out an album and it sounded sick? And you're like, dang. And you weren't, like, you were, like, kind of mad because it sounded yeah. sick. But and you could not put together in your brain how they did that. Like now with social media and everything, everyone knows how they do that because you can buy a class from Ryan Tedder for a hundred dollars and watch yeah. it. Yeah. Like, dude, it's weird. Everything it you're describing to me fits a trend of the way I see it is like these art forms. And I think particularly music, heavy music, I'll say, uh, film and stand up comedy to me all seem like art forms that have been over completed i feel that they're complete like you know in music history the romantic period comes to an end you got to do something else or whatever but heavy music for is one of those things where it's like okay heavier is better and you can only take that so far until it's the loudest heaviest whatever it can be and you know movies have gotten so fully powerful and dark and dramatic and christopher nolan they cannot get more than that you know, and they've been, everything's been tried. It's a huge industry. They've put every, like your sensitivity for movies is so fucking high that even the, not, even the best movie possible, you go, yeah, pretty good. That's the best. I mean, sometimes some weird movie can blow you away, but all of the main types of movies can be made. And we're all very skilled at critique of movies. Like if anything's off in a movie, we're just like disgusted by it. Like, we're used right. to it. We've fully explored. You can't do another Godfather. But when The Godfather came out, there was tons of good movies left to make and tons of fans who didn't know everything about movies and their standards weren't so blown out. But we've had so much music, so many good movies, the funniest people ever trying as hard as they could to make you laugh for years and years and years and years and years. It's I'm not saying it's over, but we have to go, you know, 
those forms are near complete in my view. It's wild because I, I was thinking about this the other day and it, it, it so feeds into what you're saying is I really, and this is not a joke. And it was funny to me when I thought of it, but I'm serious. I don't know anybody in a heavy music band that likes heavy music. Yeah, it's just the end of the road. It's as far as you can go with it. And like, we've I saw run an the experiments. ad for a nine-string guitar the other day. It looked like a <laughs> fucking skateboard. Like, it was this wide. Just because yeah, yeah. heavier, man. You know, we got to tune to E, like, the other direction to E. Like, G-sharp's not good enough anymore. Like, we got to go the other way. And I just don't know anybody of any of my friends... Like, I mean, when was the last time you put in a heavy ass record in your car? And we're like, yeah, man, like you just don't do it anymore. And it's weird. Like, like when we were coming up, it was fun to like check out your friend's band. And now I'm just like, eh. like, I don't it's know. Been, it just, I mean, I'm not trying to sound old. It just seems like it's, what are they going to do? Be heavier, like lower, faster, a breakdown. I mean, it's not, there's no more surprises left to uncover there. Or there's not many. Other, you you know, there's kind of a problem with like the bands that came along that were directly and only influenced by, say, a screamo band. Like they're always very bad. Well, it's like new metal is bad though. Yeah, it was because where were you supposed to go after the most awesome grunge riffs and attitudes had been overdone? You can only go to. You can only be disturbed after that. You can't be more like the Breeders and Nirvana and Mudhoney. Then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, Yeah, Pearl Jam's already happened. Like. Yeah, but when it happened, it was a big leap. And then at, at, at now in heavy music, you make an incremental tiny leap to a slightly faster, slightly heavier, more great. I mean, you can only make incremental gains from here in movies See, and films and stand-up. For me now, it's about the optics and the lyrics. And like when your friends do something that's different, like when you guys did your live streams and it was in a venue and it was like Dave walking to stage, I was like, that was a really good idea. You know what I mean? I was like, huh. Like, I knew the songs you were going to play, and that's fine, and they're fine, and I like those songs, but I I just thought that it was something different. Mm-hmm. It was in a venue. You know, like, we did a live stream and spent money and had all these lights and all this bullshit, and it was cool. Like, that's fine. But, like, you guys went and did something that was arguably cheaper, and I thought that it was cool. Like, I was, I was like, arguably. Certainly, it's certainly cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah. No, no, but I mean, like, like, I think that's where the art is now. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying the art is out of music now, but you can like, like our band, if we keep making songs and blending singing and screaming and, and weird stuff and happy stuff and it's been done. You know what I mean? So we can only, like you said, incrementally change and incre- incrementally move the needle. But where the difference comes in, I think, I think is like the lyrics and like the optics behind it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? All of well, you guys in that venue in Seattle. But it's just a, it's a more like distributed thing, and and what I would consider just to be the metaverse. Like you, you're what y'all are doing that is different and beyond anything is the work you do in the full digital space from tension v- division all the way down. The way that you guys have your stuff in concept fully developed, and then it rolls out across many platforms in many ways, including a live experience, including a stream. Sure. That thinking that has all of that whole, all those different touch points of experience being thought out, that's a new layer that most people aren't on yet. So that's the, la- the boundary to play with or something new in video, but it's new layers to add on top. It's not just better MP3 files for Spotify. To me, and I'm not saying it in a crazy way, that there's going to be albums forever, but new albums less. 
there's new things to make, but albums isn't all there is to it. There are these full experiences to make. I mean, you're going to be making music in VR soon enough, don't you think? People don't. People just don't talk about. So, so in the last like year and a half, like, I've spent the lion's share of my time writing with other artists, um, for and with other artists, and and pitching to other artists, and I uh, signed like a different pub deal. And have kind of become like a staff writer. And I work with someone every day, like five days a week, like here in this room. And, you know, producing out their tracks or, or they, I just write it with them and they produce it out. And I, the times that I've heard album, and this is really weird, has I can count on one hand in the last year and a half. The times I've heard uh, five songs a week, the time that I've heard, heard album has been four or five times. And they were all by rock bands. Uh-huh. And I think that's where like, pop music has taken over like what rock rock music was in like 05, 06, where like there was no rules. You could like put out this heavy ass shit and then like have this weird bridge. And it was, it it was groundbreaking if you did that. And now rock music, I feel like it's so formulaic, you know, like you said, it's heavier and heavier and heavier. Now this band has a 25 string guitar. Like, and those are the only people that I've heard talk about albums. So I feel like rock music in many ways. It feels legacy in a way, right? It, and also just kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like look around you at what everybody's doing. Like all these artists I work with, they're making singles and sometimes an EP, sometimes. And they come from the pop space. But now, you know, what I've heard recently a lot is, Do you have a guitar riff? That's a thing now. Like every, it's like happening again. Like, especially with that Olivia Rodrigo chick that just came out. It's like all like, it sounds like Paramore. Like they're like, we want... We want guitars. You know what I mean? So pop music is it's it, the, the paradigm has shifted so much that pop music is now is taking some of those elements, yeah. 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 So it's like completely flipped and rock bands are still like, all right, we need a heavy intro, fucking down verse, pretty singing, and a giant chorus with thirty seven vocals. And I'm like, wait, stop. Yeah. Like that's why I think we're stuck with rock music, is because that formula is busted. And like it doesn't work anymore. I think. Like, I, I think too, uh the invention of earbuds like just that ear those tiny little earbuds that go in your ear you know the uh, the airpods or whatever too but i think once people started wearing those you got into your own little world and your world you want like a soundtrack not uh, heavier music i think like you had to pay attention or it was it was loud or it's aggressive it was doing something and you're just walking down to the gas station to get a (laughs) you know, candy bar mm-hmm. or something, you have your earbuds in. I think everybody just starts naturally choosing softer music too. Don't y'all think that? Yeah, That's I think it's partly that. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a I, bunch I, of factors in that one zone, and I, but it mostly has to do with the iPhone itself. I think it's changed almost everything. It's just, just that alone because another factor you'd have to consider is how many people listen on the iPhone speaker, which sounds good. Now I'm really confused, but that's true. So I really would think people are going to think I'm a little bit fruitier out there, but I, I very much believe that I'm right about this, that you're really, really have changed your perception over the time you've had an iPhone because you've heard out of that speaker and you've heard into that speaker and the recordings through the iPhone. You've been conditioned to it so much that your brain, and I'm not saying this is bad, it's just a fact though, your brain is really filling in the gaps on some of the bass and some of the other stuff. So you're now tuned to hearing that as normal. So your actual perceptual part of your brain is uh, interpolating and adding like 
is helping you process it. So like if you went from Weird. 20 years ago now and heard an iPhone speaker, you wouldn't say it sounds so good. But I actually think it sounds great now because I'm acclimated to it and stuff is created right. for it and created through it, through its own algorithms. And I swear to you, it always records the drums better than my room mics. And I know that because I pull the audio off of the iPhone and it's algorithms on its audio compression and the processing. <laughs> Very smart. I'm not making it up. And I have a lot of experience with that, all of these things. But like I started listening to Skype and the differences in Zoom and the Apple has software stuff that's happening. It's it's smart microphone processing that's happening in real time that optimizes for iPhone iPhone input and output. And that's all proprietary algorithmic stuff that regular engineers can't naturally do. And you can't even figure out what it is. So they have technology in these systems like Skype or whatever, and they compete for how good everything sounds. And it's above the pay grade of most engineers. So they're actively shaping how you hear the world now. And they pipe it straight into your ears and so you don't think that's going to really affect what gets created and what gets consumed. I mean, it's so obvious that it would. And that's why we're in the land now of everything's ambient meditation, ASMR, like yeah. uncomfortable. Music is, music is, I think because of all the, that you're saying, music is fast now too. You know, it used to be like, let's spend six weeks getting this mix right. Like, you know, yeah. we have 17 revisions in now. No. You know, like someone called me the other day, they're mixing their album. They're like, will you listen to this? I listened to it in the car. And I can't tell if I need to use the vocal up version or not. Vocal up being like, you know, mixers usually send out like a loud vocal yeah. and, you know, and I, I had this, this like pause. I was like, who gives a shit what it sounds like in the car? Literally, I thought yeah. that in my yeah. head. I was like, wow. no one's going to listen to that in the car because I'll be honest, 90% of the time I have two kids, I'm driving, kid driving, like I'm listening to this. I'm not listening to music. You know, yeah, if I right. listen to music, it's in the gym on a run, sitting here in front of some expensive ass speakers. So it's expensive ass speakers or AirPods for me. Like I yeah. don't like consume music like in my car. And I, it was weird that I had that thought. A guy who's made records for 20 years going, who cares what it sounds like in the car? It used that's to be weird. the standard. Like, yeah, well, did you listen to the car? Yeah. Yeah. You do the test. I mean, you guys have probably all done that where you would go with a guy, the guy that was recording your band or whatever out to your car. And, you know, so weird. Yeah. So, I wonder how much uh, podcasts have dug into listens, like oh, on huge. Spotify or Big iTunes, time. right? Like, I mean, it, it took away a lot huge. of time of listening to music. I yeah. don't have Spotify. Um, I'm one of those Apple Music people. And I just had to sign up for Spotify because I can't listen to Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you I think, shouldn't, you fuck. <sighs> Whatever. How dare you? How dare is you? It, is, it wrong, is, it, is it wrong to listen to Joe Rogan now? course probably <laughs> yes <laughs> when did that happen well just uh, everybody hates him I, mean, I listen to him all the time I listen to him, yeah every day <laughs> but wait yeah. what oh, oh got it okay sorry no sorry. Yeah. yeah i i'm not up on all the what you can and can't do sometimes and i feel i feel bad about it but i also find joe rogan entertaining you know, oh yeah, I, I think the world's looking for his downfall though. Yeah, that's something, all. It they're is. trying. They're trying to find something next. I mean, he got so big and he seems right. likable, and he, you know, they keep trying to find push some stuff about his masculinity or whatever. But oh, I mean, yeah. they're trying to find something. I, I can't believe something hasn't come up from his past. I mean, I, I've seen some where you know he, he, made, he made a bad 
joke. Or I something read like some that, of that but... stuff too. Well, yeah. you'd think at this point, if it was going to happen with like a lady coming out saying something, it would have already happened. But you would think, think so. I think he's cleared it. I think he's yeah free and clear there. Yeah, I mean, he's playing a game where he dares people by his authenticity or or perceived authenticity <laughs> or grifting, pretending to be authentic, depending on how you look at right. it. But you know, like he obviously. Put, sets himself up to not be hypocritical. Like that's like he doesn't even use the word hypocritical a lot, but you can tell that he's very intent on not being hypocritical. But he's so dependent on that for his image now that he would have a high liability if it were sh- if he were shown to be actually hypocritical deeply. It would cost him a lot. Paid like, I think a lot of people have been looking for it financially. With it, didn't he get paid like a gajillion dollars for the for the, yeah a uh, hundred million. It was between yeah. one and two hundred million, I think. But for like a license, like for a few years, where he not can not even forever. Yeah. What What if he only took that Spotify deal because he had to pay off that? He's yeah. the most horrific yeah, predator <laughs> on earth, and he's like, oh, f- oh, oh. He, t- he took that. Deal. He only he only personally made fifty thousand dollars. Fifty grand. He's hundreds of millions. He's paying like thirty people to stay yeah. quiet. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Fifty million each. I mean, the things that he has done are horrific. If it ever comes out, but that's the thing you can feel is that is this. It's just there is a. I mean, there is a pressure to equalize things because it's seen as a power imbalance. Like, why should Joe Rogan have as much power as he does? Just because you can't. Surely we have to try to bring him down. That is a natural thought, right? Like it is, sure. re, it, you know. So, who's the biggest band that you could pick on? I mean, maybe it's under oath. So you got to do it. You have to. It feels like you have to to make things right. You got to even everybody out. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Like, like I, I felt the switch. You know, like slowly happening with people becoming accountable for everything. Like, and I, when I mean accountable, I mean everyone's accessible, not accountable. Like. People becoming, everyone becoming accessible to everyone else. I don't remember when, like you said 2016 earlier, and I don't know if that's true, like to the extent that it is now. Like I feel like, like I can't pinpoint the exact switch when I was like, oh, everything you do is public. Like I don't remember when like, you know, it happened. Like I feel like it's like recent. Like I think think it's pretty recent, yeah. But I mean, Chuck Klosterman said it on the Bill Simmons podcast that, at some point, and this was probably 2018 when he said it, he said that he felt that maybe the Twitter us, for instance, is the real us. Like, you know, everybody goes, yeah, but if you see people in real life, yeah, yeah. they're 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 nice they're or whatever. Different. Yeah, but that's like because – that's only because you don't want to get your ass kicked or beat up or humiliated in public or whatever. So you act lose, right. Yeah, but, what, but now maybe that way that we are on Twitter and, you know, it's like, well, fuck, I mean, this is – you know, maybe that is what it always was. But now, you know, maybe I agree, Twitter I agree us is that. the more and, – and maybe the more we get digital, like it, the, the way that you actually are in real life that everybody keeps talking about mattering so much, maybe that really isn't what matters. Maybe, maybe overall mm. we've just tipped into our digital whole selves are the whole – are the – entity the overall mixed entity led digitally might be what we really are the twitter personality is the more real not the twitter personality but i'm just saying the whole thing of like you know for instance that's what i'm saying a celebrity was already that to you joe rogan and, and jim carrey are just icons to you they're not actually people to you 
But everybody's becoming that because you have a LinkedIn, you have a Twitter, you have the way you act here, you have the way you act on all those sum total of interactions is really the you. Is That's you. And then there's, yeah, when you see people at parties in public, how is that the real you? How about how you're on Zoom? How about on Slack? How about on Twitter? How about when you don't? Those are your real, that's your real life. So it's just enough, those are it's you. It's just enough wall. It's just enough smoke. I think it's just enough, wall is the wrong word. It's just enough smoke screen for you to actually distill your personality down to say what you want to say. Like, I don't think, I don't know that it's like the Twitter personality is who you are, but I think that like the contextually what comes but, out of your mouth that's what you think about the bank teller. You don't say it. But on Twitter, you fucking say it. So which yes. one's more of the real you? Yes. The one that's, I mean, you thought it, and then you held yourself for him to say, used inhibition to not say it to the bank teller lady. But then when you see her on Twitter, you say it. Because that's what you really <laughs> Yeah, but people would say that, that, you're just, that, that could still be the real you, and because of social interaction in real life, you get to, well, you know, you get to express not, not saying mean things in part. But the, it relieves you of that when you have some anonymous Twitter yep. and you can say whatever but you But even if say. it's not anonymous, you say more to somebody. You challenge somebody on Twitter more than you would in real life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it, you so why is that not the real you? Because the real you is too scared to do it in real life. If you have why a is that the real you? The account. too scared version of you that won't even say what you think? I, That's the real you? I have two Twitter burner accounts where I go and shit on <laughs> One is a, a like a real nice, sweet Christian lady that's kind of becoming woke. I have characters, and then and the other one's like a beefy uh, muscle head guy that uh, you know is kind of like a bro, but he's a little bit cool. <laughs> and how do you how who do you pick to target, and what kind of? What it just kind of depends. It, well, it kind of depends because it could be the same person to target, but I come at them from two different personalities. With the oh, goal, so you, I mean, so you attack one. One uh, another user with both of your users. Sometimes that ain't right. <laughs> just, well, I, what, what's well, the attack? Say, what kind of stuff do you get them for? I just uh, I'll like if they say something. <laughs> I don't want to say can who you I unpack, did it to. Can you hold on? Can you stage, no, no. can you stage a whole interaction? I want to be part of that. I want to hear that. Like a whole. Like, hey, like hey a I'll whole. put it this way: some of that uh, problems you've been having the last couple of years, Toby. I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel you. Remember when Erase Me came out? You, you remember C oh, Boy Seven Seven Seven? That's Toby. Yeah. If it was so, so take Erase Me or whatever, I was going to mess with you. I would. I didn't. But I would first. I would choose the more Christian lady account that I have, and I would go on there and definitely because I know it would bother you if I said that. You know, there was uh, the the music has changed so much that the profanity was disappointing because I wanted to introduce you know like my, my family kid, to this album yeah. and and I would go like the make you feel bad a little guilty or something oh, right? the and then the yeah yeah and then if I was then I would immediately go to the guy musclehead guy and go uh under oath pussies <laughs> 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 this is this is a heavy band my ass fuck y'all y'all used to be hard now you're shit you're nothing so Dude, and yeah. I would die laughing if you if you wrote back that would, that's the win there or something like if the person writes back like the times I've is done it the person true? wrote back is that yeah, true yeah as if you troll, write back that's a, as the troll win. your currency is responses 
Is yeah. that actually true? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's the greatest thing in the world. If somebody, like, the times that somebody has written me back, and you know, a couple famous people, and it was it was, it was Toby, but it was this character. Uh, yeah. That's, it was like I won the lottery. Yeah. Let's see if this illustration will help. Do you remember back when you were a youngster? Let's just say, oh, age of eight. You remember if you had a teacher that you were trying to give a hard time to, Oh, yeah. uh, you it, it, you yeah. would like her to respond to your attempt, wouldn't you? Right. Absolutely. That makes Don't sense. you want her to lose her shit in front of the class? Just, yes, but I have a hard time believing, being that I've gone down the K-hole, and it was ignorant, <laughs> the, the response K-hole. And I, look, I'm embarrassed by it. I can only talk about it here. But like, I, I feel like, like, you know, all the guys are like, Aaron, fucking stop it. Like, they just want responses. And I remember having the hardest time understanding, like, how is that the troll's only currency is responses? Right. Is it is it his only is it his or her only currency because it's the only currency that they can get? Or is it their yeah. currency because they think it's sick? Like, which one is it? Like, I don't it's, understand. It's like a, a heckler at a comedy show. As soon as that, that you engage with them, it's like they're equal to you all of a sudden. So their status by engaging with the high status person goes basically to the top. It's like they're well, on stage now. Then? Like if, if we all had 25 beers and went out in LA to a comedy club, I would not even think like it wouldn't cross no, of my course mind. Not. Of course you oh, would. Right. Yeah. And I also like, all. like Never. John Mayer's coming but out. You don't need summer. to. I mean, you live like in this analogy, when you engage with the troll, you invite them up on stage with you. But from everybody else, I know I it doesn't feel that. this way to you, but from your, from their point of view, you live on stage. So when's my fucking turn? How about right uh, now? I hate I hate that you just said it's like inviting him on stage. I fucking hate that you just said that. Like you couldn't have said anything worse to me. Like I I hate that no, it makes sense. It does. I just I would never, ever, ever like John Mayer has a song coming out on Friday. If I think the song is shit, like I would never even like there's not one iota of an atom in me that would go, I better I better like like write him and tell him it sucks. Like, yeah, right. but you don't have to really think that it's entertainment. You're yeah, saying it right. It's thing. entertaining to not like it. It's entertaining. So, yeah. for instance, Toby, by next week, can you please use your characters and see if you can bother John Meyer, Mayer and get a response? In which case, <laughs> Gillespie will laugh his ass off. We'll also oh, it'll be so it, sick it, if, if <laughs> yeah. I could get him. Yeah. But that's what I'm it'll saying. There's fun. some art to it. If you could write the, if you can craft the right lines in this short little message to somebody and it hits some nerve you that's like throwing a dart right and hitting a bullseye yeah, there's something I mean, it's not like, wrong oh, about it i can't it. believe i did that yeah there's stuff you know that's I mean? horrible though where you're actually trashing people to try i mean yeah. you know there's a game there's a threshold where it is a fun reasonable game and there's a, a way where it destroys people's lives on purpose with malice right. which is gross like that's like right. it's immoral in a way you couldn't do it and if you found out that your comments made somebody genuinely hurt inside or feel less about themselves in some way you would probably feel bad but if you could get john mayer to lose his shit for a minute that would be uh, unbelievable right. <laughs> right i i did the uh so i did the christian lady character to this like guru type person or whatever and i did a few like i started by liking some of the person's posts oh <laughs> and then, this I is did, like then i wrote yeah. like th then i wrote like a couple of encouraging things after my <laughs> This meant a lot to me. This is da da da. You know, and then they said something. I wish I could remember exactly what it was, 
but they said something about politics or whatever, and then I uh, went after them, in a, but in a super sweet way. Mm. I love all that you've been doing, but when you talk like this, you're not including, trying to use some of the same language, you know, this, per whatever, you know, and, and I misspelled stuff on purpose, so it looked funny. <laughs> It's really great, but 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 only the only people I would do that to are people that I think are actual jerks or bad people. Not I would never go on. I would never think to go to John Mayer and say your music sucks. You wouldn't that do would, that. That just wouldn't even be that fun. If if I was going to actually troll him, it had to be something. It had to be funny, wild. Yeah. You had yeah, you had to be funny or go way out there so it would be some interaction like that. I wouldn't really. It's stupid when somebody just says yeah that this really sucks. Your last record was bad or something. That's like so infantile. But think about how many places you are in life when something's happening and everybody's sitting there quiet and the one jackass is talking and you just wish somebody would, like, you just wish somebody would say something half the time. When you, you know, at the boss at work or whoever it is, it's a blowhard guy that just thinks he knows everything. Don't, Don't you wish somebody would break that? Like, you like it when people humble those who have power. It's an immune right. system. We're supposed to do that. And then some people do death threats and tell them they're going to kill them. And, you know, like horrible, like on purpose, you know, and they do bots to do it. To I mean, so it's a powerful thing, but it is right to make fun of people and try to, if people are hypocrites or full of shit, you're supposed to try to mess with them. You're supposed to. Lunsford, but, I heard, I heard on here, um, I don't know. It was, it was probably a few weeks ago. We were talking about. You're talking about. Did one of your kids plays little league, right? Yeah, both of them. Well, one t-ball and one uh, coach pitch. Okay, so my kid is nine. So he's in the he's in the minors, and I have this fucking fantasy about like getting in a fight with another dad. <laughs> like, and like like kind of what Matt's saying, like. I just want to hear, like, that last year there was a coach that was so... Like, there were eight last year, and they were terrible. And it was just... The coach was so serious on one of these other teams, and he was, like, yelling at the kids on his team. And I, a friend of mine that was with me, was like, shut the fuck up. Yelled at him. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was so sick. I was like, this is so sick. And then this year, there's, like, dads and stuff in the audience that yell and stuff at their kids. Like, so dumb. Why didn't you hit that? And I'm like... <gasps> Like, I want to be like, dude, shut up. You're an abusive father. Like, I want to get fights so bad, but I just don't have the juice, you know? Like, I, so when that other guy last year stood up and was like, shut up. Like, I was like, that's so sick. Like, I could never do it, though. Like, I, last week I heard a lady yell at her son because he met, he struck out. She was serious. She's like, Fuck. like she, you know, she goes, she goes, what a dumbass. Why didn't you see him? And I literally was oh like, I was like, he's nine. Like, he can't wipe his butt good still. Like, what the heck? But you're right, Matt. Like, you want somebody. Like, I in that moment, I wanted somebody to be like, shut the fuck up, lady. Like, yeah, you want, yeah, you wish. I wanted somebody it would. so bad, but I would, I could never do it. Like, I want to get in a fight with another dad so bad, like a verbal fight, not a fist fight. This where, like, he says something bad to his kid, and I just let him have it with my like, my with my smart rhetoric. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just want to like <laughs> I say something so brilliant, like you're Matt yeah. Damon and Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah, I just want to inundate this guy with my fucking my virtuous rhetoric. You know yeah. what I mean, like that, like not a real fight, but more like, like who are you, sir? You know, like, so, but you don't think that okay 
I'll go the optimistic route and the pessimistic in the same projection. But maybe in the big optimistic long term, humanity is and has started to awaken to more issues of justice and wholeness of people and wanting to be better. And that's what you're saying right now. You have what you feel is like a righteous anger, but these child abuse and baseball dads for sure that you want to get them because you want parents to be better than that you know what i mean and so and so on twitter people are holding to account and calling it out and time's up and me i mean so of course these are like like a super (laughs) aggressive like very bad resolution attempts but there's a there's people want to do better, and then there's people that go too far, obviously, and so it's just dangerous, but it's a pendulum swing maybe, but towards something that is better, but in the short term and maybe long term, you don't really think that when you see it on Twitter and it be effective on Twitter, it won't start to happen at the baseball games? Is that not what – like once it's the proof of – concept is there on twitter that you but you can behave this way and this is how it works Mm -hmm. we're all getting a master class in power dynamics by watching it right now and you know those same things will work in person and you see it on a college campus where they shout down some shitty professor and if it was the shittiest fucking professor ever that would work that'd be a good tactic but the tact the playbook is now out of how you do stuff to be disruptive and you know and you don't think people will do it in real life if once you see it on Twitter? I think they will. I, I, I think so. I think that's I, what you're saying now. Like I would have tweeted him. No, I'm gonna say it next time. And you will. <laughs> you <laughs> probably eventually will. Baseball, dude, baseball is it is a is an interesting arcology of people, man. Yeah. The league baseball, you you get it, you get into it, you see the whole thing. Like it is it's it's the perfect boiler for so many different emotions. <laughs> I, uh, my favorite was not the uh, abusive parents, but the uh, the mom that just so desperately wanted her little daughter to play because girl power. But every time she'd go to bat, she'd cry. Like, <laughs> just let her go home. She doesn't want to do it. Oh, if no. she did want to do it, it'd be great. It would be, I, I want her here, but she Why? doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Like, just and yeah, and it's like a wasp, you know, the wasp mom, you know what that is? Like the kind of, I was like, no. come on, sweetie, you can do it. Yeah, you're okay. And I'm just like, she doesn't want to do it. She hates and it. Feminism, yeah. whatever. Who cares? She don't want to be here. Yeah. She's in the dugout crying, and the boys think she's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Buddy is confused. Like, what? What? Wait, you go to bat? You, why would you cry that you have to bat? <laughs> Being going to bat is the best thing that can ever happen. Like, <laughs> nope. Dude, it's, it's, uh, yeah, ha- ki- kids interaction, like watching other parents interact with their kids is one of my least favorite and favorite things. Yes, yeah, like rough. it is, it is, it is one of the weirdest things. It like th- watching that, like watching other parents through the eyes of my own child. Like now that I have a kid who's nine, he's like an adult to me. Like he, he can hold like intellectual conversations with you and tell you how he feels about certain issues. Like, it's interesting to see him look at other parents the way they treat his friends yeah. and the way that they treat his friends' other parents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like seeing that through his eyes is really, really – that shit is super interesting. Is and it when you it. see another kid who has accepted their position as less than? That's when it's disturbing, right? <laughs> it's last year – I live in Utah, 
and it sucks in the winter. You know, it hurts. And they make the kids stay outside before the bell rings. Um, this is in 2019, actually, sorry. Um, and unless it's under 24 degrees, the kids have to line up outside and wait for the bell to ring. So parents drop, their kids, parents drop their kids off, and I won't drop my kid off. Like, I'll wait with him. I wait with him every day, even now. Like, because I'm not going to leave my kid in some fucking parking lot. <laughs> I just, just, I just don't do that, you know? And we would see kids out there, and, and Joel would go, that's my son's name, he would go, Dad, that kid has no jacket. Why didn't his mom and dad buy him a jacket? And dealing with that side of it, I'm just like, what? Like, and having to go, I don't know. I don't know why your buddy doesn't have a jacket. My son came home one day and gave away his North Face jacket, which is an expensive fucking jacket, yeah. because someone didn't have a jacket. Like, and he, and he, he put two and two together that it was the parent's fault. And he was seven years old. You know, he put those two things together. So strange. Like that is blows my mind. It makes like, me think about fucker. Yeah. <laughs> $300. I know. <laughs> yep. That's what I know. I mean, that was my first emotion, but we my second. could have gone oh, to Goodwill yeah. and got him a jacket. Yeah. yeah I could, we can get you a jacket at the Salvation Army, homie. If it was a Seinfeld episode, you would, you would go get another jacket and then coach him on how to get, make yeah. the swap. And then you'd get yourself into a real pickle. <laughs> but I, I mean, the biggest thing with that story, the biggest thing for me was that my son put together that mm-hmm. it wasn't the child's fault. It was the parent's fault. And that was super interesting to me. Like that he could see, you know, it was, he's like, it's not, he even said, he's seven. He's like, it's not his fault. I'm like, damn. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but when there's good music to listen to, we got to let you listen to it. And you're listening to Contagion. Uh, that's the closing track on the Devil Wears Prada's new EP, uh, Z2. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's the follow-up to their 2010 zombie EP. Uh, very limited vinyl is still available for this EP, both at the band's website and at solidstate.merchnow.com. Reviews have basically all been fantastic for this EP, so go check it out, especially if you love the original Zombie EP. Z2, available everywhere now, wherever you stream or buy music, so go check it out. It's funny thing about like uh, seeing those parents at the games and stuff. How many times has somebody seen you as a parent and went, oh, man, oh this gosh. fucking guy? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that has had to happen to me. All the time. All the time. The, uh, I mean, I, mean I, I have the sideways conversations. The dads will like, no one, like, wants to hang out with me at the games. Like, no other parents. And then sometimes, like, this one guy, his name's Scott. We've kind of become friends. But at first, he was like, so, like, you know, what do you do for a living? <laughs> so you're tied up. Like that. I was like, man. And I just, I don't say I'm in a band ever. I say I just work in the music industry, is what I say, because it's true. So, like, and he was like, yeah, I've been at UPS for um, 25 years. I was like, damn, dude. I bet those benefits are good. And trying to have this conversation with this guy, we have just, just nothing. So I can't imagine what the other parents think because I, I can't even level with any of these people. Like, I don't. I have, they don't understand. They think I'm a prisoner, a thug. I'm like a <laughs> prisoner. I sell drugs for a living fact to them, for sure. Yes. Aaron, I swear to God, it's worse in Nashville because all the parents are in the music industry. 
Oh, yeah. That. That's worse. It's worse than not. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I mean, I had to sit and listen to our coach at the end of the year party talk about his publishing deal <laughs> for 30 minutes. Every Uber driver in that has a publishing deal. No, yeah. no. And then uh, another time I'm standing there and another dad who I hadn't talked to all year. Apparently he knows who I am and what band I was in. And I think I'm supposed to know him. And he just starts talking. So how, how are things with the band? Are you guys doing anything? Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, well, like, you're supposed to ask, know? how about you? What's going on with y'all? Yeah, do I know you? And then <laughs> yeah. later, Cassie's like, yeah, you've hung out with them before somewhere. You know, whatever. Oh, and I'm just like, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know who knows my band. I certainly don't know who res- recognizes my dumbass. Like, and we've been on the team for two months, and now he's just bringing it up. What am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. I hate it when people don't just give you a little bit of help on the information side or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, or especially like when it's like a Facebook direct message or something like they just start talking to you like they, they know you or you tour. And I'm like, wait, but I mean, you know how many people, uh, when did we know each other? When was it? They, they don't give you any in. They just expect you to know. I don't, I'm the same way. I don't expect anybody really to ever recognize me. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I would always, you know, I, so I even avoid the, uh, the worst thing is when, they ask you that, and you say, well, I, I, I'm in a band. Oh, really? What's the name of the band? And, and I say, Emory, and they have zero clue. <laughs> of it. I might be making yeah. it up as we speak, and I'm just like, yeah, no, nah, you know, so what you sound like? Well, hard rock. I was talking to somebody the other day, yeah, hard, hard rock. Oh, really? Like, like, uh, like what? And I'm like, I don't want to answer these questions. It doesn't matter. Like, the, our band, I, even with my own family, thinks we can't be real you know, like because my whole family thinks you're only on the radio or something you know what i mean like they're they're just so Unless used to that now, our band isn't real i make it i mean how in the world can i be i'm 45 years old and i'm in a band <laughs> what in the world i mean what my neighbors all that there's nothing i can explain to them I, i'm in a band and i do podcasting i had to tell yeah. bill my oh, neighbor no. that he's you know he's mid 60s late 60s early 70s and I was like, he said, so what do you do for a living? He's a super nice guy. I really like him. I was like, well, I play music. Oh, you know, and we did that whole thing. And I said, and oh. I, I don't know why I was just feeling comfortable. And I was like, yeah, and I do podcasting. Podcasting. Huh. You know, <laughs> my, my nephew has done some podcasts. Yeah, you know, something like that. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. That's what they say with the band. Oh, my nephew plays guitar. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's yeah. got a nephew who's podcasting or, or playing guitar all the time. It's terrible. Oh, if, you, if you get into if you get into a specific instrument that you play, you're fucked. Then you're fucked. Like if you're like, yeah, oh I, right. Like oh, I'm a yeah. drummer. They're like Les oh. Paul, huh? You play a Les Paul, I bet. You look like a <laughs> yeah, Les Paul yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten this. This, is, this one happens a lot. Oh, so so are you into Pearl? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like I don't. Like and I'm not like a. Drum, I'm definitely not a drum gear person where I'm gonna chat drums with. It's just not my thing. It never has been. Aaron's. I think you're probably the same way. Like I'm not gonna chat with you about fucking drum heads. I don't own a drum set right now. I haven't touched a drum set in almost two years. I probably have one in Nashville. You could get if you wanted it. But I, anyway, I don't want it. Okay, good. <laughs> like like when you get into a specific instrument, I'm just like, that's then you're in trouble. You, oh, dude, my brother had a kit, Pearl. <laughs> Yeah, Earl, man. You're like, what? Like, how do you? And you're just grasping, and they're grasping, and you're grasping for anything. Yeah, grasping any, is the right word for any it. Any common ground that you can hang on to to get a, just a traction, any any iota of traction. That is a heavy ass van in the mud at all times. Yeah. Like, 
I can't. Like, and especially as we get up in age too, you know, like Toby's saying, I'm 45 and I'm like, once you have, once you have numerous children and you're in a band, like I told someone the other day and it blew my own mind. In Undrove, we have 14 children. Yeah. That's 14 insane. kids under the age of 15, <laughs> under the age of 13, 14 <laughs> children. I was just like, <gasps> like off of a band. So you tell someone that that like has worked at UPS yeah. for 20 years, they're like, what? I didn't even. We got 14 as well. So picture Undroth and Emery hanging out together in one, you know, van or at one table at Sunny's or something where we've inevitably hung out, you know, like eight or 12 people. We have 28 children combined. <laughs> Dude, when we play. Just us that know each other and hang out, we now have 28 kids. When we play in Tampa Bay area, Orlando, Central Florida, we have to have three dressing rooms. Because there's no, the kids will like eat all your shit and they're yeah. putting on people's clothes and it's madness, dude. Like, you know, that thing, like I hate, there's nothing I hate worse than being in a band and playing in your hometown. Yeah. There's nothing worse than that. Like that. Whole it's a, it's yeah. The guest, I mean, I, that's the one I have <laughs> the, always. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I'm always I'm gonna move him right out of there, but yeah, there he is. The one I hate the most is whenever I'm I am playing in town in Seattle or whatever, and and they and it's like, well, you got to tell us next time you play in. To everybody I've ever met in Seattle says next time I had to inform them next time we play in Seattle, which is the last thing I would ever do is get every person in town to come hang out on the bus on the show, you know, all at the same time of people that I don't have never seen me in this world or any of that. Like you can't it, wait for it to be. And over. they're mad. They're like, oh it's like, well, you know, when do you play around here? You never tell me. It's like, ah yeah, I don't know. You know. Yeah. But it's 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 it never changes. Like I feel like like when your wife comes out on tour, it's the worst. <laughs> like, like it's the worst. And you guys all know it's true. Yeah. Like everyone's outside drinking beer, sitting in the chairs, and you have to go to bed or do something stupid. Yeah. Like, you have to go somewhere and do something really stupid almost all the time. Yeah. You don't really have time because soundcheck's in a little while. You don't really want to go find the whatever it is shop to go look there. The worst. Yeah. Or help her figure out a way to wash her hair. Yeah. <laughs> after, the show, after the show is the worst because you know that everyone's going to get like a burrito and drink like 17 Coors Lights. And you have to fucking make sure she's comfortable. I hate yeah. it. I hate yeah. it so bad. <laughs> That's awful. It's the worst thing that bitch is comfortable. <laughs> no, I mean it can't. It can't have its. It can't, it can't have its. It's. Uh, it's pros for sure. But like, man, like having to entertain someone else on tour is hard. Which leads me to, I just don't know. I don't know what it's gonna be like to tour. Is it gonna be fun anymore? Like, like. I don't know. Like, is it cool anymore? Like, I don't think. Like, <laughs> Two different it, questions. I'm it, worried. Yeah, I'm worried that people are going to come back to a show. I, they're so excited. I want to go to a show again. They're like, oh, never this? mind. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot. I've been like, waiting to do this. This? Like, I can't even imagine it right now. Like, this is really dark, and I don't mean to sound dark, but I loved the last year. Like, I loved <laughs> Everything good happened. <laughs> all the stuff. This is the greatest year. Yeah, I agree. No, no, it was no. the greatest I mean, like, year for me. I, you know, I think like, for everybody pers- agrees with that. Like, personally, like I'm thir- I turned 37 this summer. is the first birthday I spent at home in 20 years. 20 years. 
Like I was just with my kids more than I ever have been. Like, and so now I can't even, I don't even, <coughs> can't even imagine it. What's it going to be like getting in a bus? Is it going to be cool? Like, is it going to suck? Like, what's it going to be like? Like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't even know if I can do it physically. Like I was practicing. We, we actually have a show, just a one-off and I was practicing for it. And I was like, I, I better, you know, practice singing hard because yeah. you know, we're back. And then, and I'm not joking. I didn't make it through one song <laughs> my bo- before my voice started feeling like weak. And I was like, Oh no. And I was like, am I, I can do it, can I? I mean, I, I have to actually like really warm up now. You know, you still, you do a little bit here and there, whatever. Yeah. I'm doing. But you know, four days into the tour, your voice is strong and you shredded it a little bit and you're going to be good for the rest of the whole tour then. But like a one-off or something, I don't, I mean, Emory, I don't know what touring looks like for us. Like it, it looks very much digital. I think, I don't know if it looks physical. You mean like more live streams kind of thing? I think that's, I mean, quite interesting, but you can do the way I think of being digital first is you make, the best stuff you can make and then it creates digital experiences but also physical experiences so we could create a like a special event in new york that's ticketed and then cap make a thing to get maybe a hundred people there and it's a special thing like our album that we're doing next we're doing it live to take to you know not to take but we're recording it a one take of the album with the video in it's a live wow. capture. So we're making a stream That's of the cool. album recording itself. So it's a big challenge. We're practicing really hard. We're doing basically almost at dress rehearsal level for that now. So we know the music and we're going to capture it as a special event. Now, there's no tickets for that, but we could have tickets for that. You know? Right. Wait, why wouldn't you ticket it? Well, I mean, we're just getting used to it. I mean, it's a big idea to actually track our album together and the songs written yeah yeah so we're going to do the recording in at once and then we'll edit and you know there'll be an mp3 album for spotify that'll come downstream from this event that we're making we'll go back and tune the vocals and edit the drums and we'll do what we need i don't know i mean we we like it raw stream but i mean people will buy a ticket to it yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a tic- yeah. yeah, it's a ticket. I just want to, yeah, the ticket. I'm saying, but you could have people there too. Like you could sell. It could be a physical oh, yeah. event. Oh, I see what you're saying it, in person. You know yeah. what I mean? And then, so for instance, right. uh, and like uh, then, if let's just say we made a set that was like the only a man set that we did that you watched. It uh, has these interludes in it. It has a certain feel to it. It has yeah. the visual elements and the projection. Now we've never played that live. We still can take that production and go tour it. If it was a big production, like a Broadway show, right. and we made this special that had everything designed, we can go tour that act. So that thing that everybody got to see worldwide, if it comes to Orlando, it can be put on as an event that you see live also. So there's lots of possibilities, just like with a Disney, you know, they have live experiences or rides or a movie or a movie right. on streaming or yeah. a read a book version of it. Like there's the multiple embodiments of the one that's, thing. Dude, that's really, I mean, that's really forward thinking. I, 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 what Toby said scared me about like, well, people will be like, oh, this, this sucks or whatever. Cause I, I think I'm banking on like it being so electric, like the roaring twenties because it's been so long. It, yeah. It's, People have been in a room. I, you know, I don't know what the future actually holds. All of our joking about hating our wives being out and thinking touring is going to suck. I, I, I'm more interested in the serious side of it. Is like what you're saying is like the forward thinking thing, and then like 
you know, with our band, we've tried to encapsulate, you know, everything to look and feel and be a thing. And I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of thankful. Our first three shows back are festivals. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of thankful because I'm like, man, I can't, I don't know how we're going to like build like the right production or how we're going to. It's gonna, hard. Yeah. There's something you know. about the industry that feels like it, if there's something about it that feels legacy in a way, right? Like, who's into this anymore and it is people but it feels like where you know what i mean it's an it's this it's that it's not it's not an emerging thing new touring rock bands right right so it's only bands you already like and you are one of them which is wonderful so they're going to get to continue to be able to do shows but the thing where the scene is going and the shows five nights a week or something like you remember how it used to really be like it was already in a way that was not the way it used to be there was a time when it was like oh i go to a bunch of shows every week there's all this happening there's new bands there's new everything that period was already not really there and then now to get back to it with the pandemic it almost feels like there's a break with the old way and the po- you know there's, there's some kind of line the pre and post pandemic is almost certainly how we'll talk about the music business oh 100 percent. Like, the there's just thing, no though, way we won't so i don't know what it'll be but it'll be a pre and a post era well i think because of the pandemic i mean here's what i was thinking about before a certain time every experience i ever had with any bands was not ever physical it was only audio or it was radio or whatever right? like i never got to go see the beatles my entire interaction with the beatles was just through you know whatever record or tape Cassette or cd tape, yeah whatever i was listening to right spotify now and so it the indie world that didn't get on the radio and didn't have major labels and millions of dollars pushing behind them has always been you know just chained to you have to tour you have to tour, you have to tour, you have to tour. So all of us have toured our asses off for decades. Yeah, and now right. I'm thinking, wait a minute, but if all the music I've listened to most of my life, I have never seen those bands in, tour, in person. You know how many bands I, that I listen to so many times and have never seen them once in person? Like Jimmy Eat World, I've never seen them in person. I've seen them digitally, though, and interact with them digitally. And so what would be cool is if it moves to this digital... Uh, more o- online realm, and then the touring aspect is less. The physical component is less, but man, but it, we're going to show out. Yeah, it's better. Like you said, you, we're going to we're going to do a one night on a Saturday night in October, rent and, it out, it, do it yeah, big time. And you, you're going to want to go to that yeah. show, and it's going to be co- it's going to cost, it. and it's going to be worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I can watch Embry's live streams. They do three, four, five live streams a year, and I love it. If you make I, a great act. That's a special, like a comedy special, and you create it and you make it, and it's yeah. really good. Or a Broadway show, which is the same venue that we play in. If you're streaming, I think that you know it's it's really similar to do all those things are similar. And so, if you a Broadway show is good enough, it goes on tour, like it goes right. out and goes well, to every all the places. Yeah, and what I'm saying is, you're making music and bands are make, can make themselves more valuable. Think about this. You, what if, uh, so what, it's been a year and a half or whatever, and people have gotten to see Under Oath, what, three times, right? I mean, digitally, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, all, that's all y'all have done, three times, right? Three times, yeah. Now, you got to interact with them, all that stuff. Now, that is so valuable, Under Oath could go play a 150-cap room, and 
I bet people would pay $150 a ticket and oh, under oath would enjoy their ass off playing that little room with the 150 people losing their shit. And, yeah. that, and you might can make as much money because now you're going to be able to create things that are really important. But we got to see, uh, remember when we saw Kevin Hart at the Comedy Underground? Uh, Aaron, we went, uh, we were on tour and Aaron uh, Lunsford was the tour manager and got us tickets to the Comedy Underground. And out Uh-oh. of nowhere, uh, Kevin Hart came up. Chris Rock, who else? Uh, Wanda, Wanda, Sykes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was Quest like, Love was there? Quest Love. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I was like, oh my god, it was 120 seats. I mean, like you're sitting. Yeah, that's that's it. And, and yeah. so we just paid a normal fee. But if I would have known that and could have gotten a ticket for it, I mean, what would we have paid for that ticket? And it, it oh, yeah. would have been worth it. Yeah, because when you it comes I mean? to the big giant Paramount Theater, the tickets are going to be 90 bucks, and there's going right. to be 2,000 people in there. Right, so, so I'm saying you can do a big show, you can do a little show, that you can do what digital. You're saying is, what you're saying is like a hack, because it's, it's super, but it's like the hack, it's like, maybe it's the answer, because I feel like, you know, every time I talk to an agent, booking agent, you know, artists have agents or whatever, the goal with your brand or your band is always to increase ticket prices, you know? But what you're saying is sort of like a hack to increase ticket prices quicker? Maybe. Well, also well more, it's, it's, it's more not, fun for you and making yourself more valuable. The less that people actually have interaction with you physically, they they are going to enjoy it more, and you will too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you knew you were going to go play a one-off show uh, somewhere, you know, Atlanta, in a 150-cap room, and those people paid that much money, you know they're going to fucking go off, and you are going to enjoy it. Being in that little tight club, and your band's all close, sure. and you're like, holy shit, and it sounds, it sounds a little weird and funky and small. Oh, man. And I'm just saying that's one because little tiny possibility. Because it's an experience you're creating yeah. is special for a reason. Yeah. But the re- it's not like, well, if you go way back, Toby was saying, we thought we had to tour, and we did have to tour to get known about. Right. But for if sure. you tour now, it's not to get known about. We don't tour so that people discover us. That's why we had to tour. You had to take every tour. You had to pay for $100 a night. You got to go. That's how people could know about you. The lineup really mattered. But that is not how people know about us anymore. If there are new ways for people to know us about it, that ain't it. So there's other things to make for other people who live in Japan and Brazil and Australia and in small towns and all over the world. And we have the ability to make things that are really good that are better than a whatever tour show where you just crank And that's those. what everybody I think wants. That's what I'm saying. I, this is just one idea, but I'm saying everybody in Atlanta would go, man, that's really fucking cool that Under Oath played that little place. I wish I could have got a ticket, man. And no <laughs> one's going to be upset. They're going to think you're valuable. Like our bands have all been diminished because all of our music sells for nothing on the, you know, on the internet. We, when we tour, there's a million other bands with just as many lights and all this, you know, all this stuff. So how, why aren't we, how can we re, reclaim some of our value like our bands are valuable to us and and maybe to the world but we just everything's been so watered down and now i'm thinking man this is really cool right we're gonna get even more of that now you know like an example like like here's a good example so you guys know we don't own a bus you know we rent buses from coach companies or whatever and we weren't supposed to tour we were supposed to do a support tour in 2020, but we weren't supposed to tour at all. We were supposed to be writing. So like we didn't have any holds on any rooms or any buses rented or any, no no foresight, you know, because we were not going to be working. And so we got these three festivals coming up in September and our management went to get a bus and there is no tour buses in America. Like we ended up having to pay some 
ugly ass price for three days, like crazy amount of money. You know what I mean? And we don't have the option to just be like, let's just rent a van because there's, we have people that work for us that, you know, are on salary that we can't be like, hey, like, just rough it with us. They probably would, but you know, it's just not a good, it's not a good thing. So anyways, I think there's going to be so much oversaturation, you know, like, and I think the value is, is you have to make the value again. Do you know what I mean? And you're not going to make it by touring and you're not going to make it by being really good at music on stage in front of people. You're going to have to do it in these other ways. Yeah. There's new things to do. Which is kind of daunting, you know, mm -hmm. at 40 years old being like, how do you reinvent, you know? And you guys have always been like, Matt, especially you've always been into that. You know, I remember you telling me a story about one time you, stole power from a power pole and spliced it into your RV or something. <laughs> yeah. Some, some about, shit like that. You've maybe always that was a Menards parking lot in Indianapolis, yeah. by the way. <laughs> You've always been into making stuff like work. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm like I'm looking down the pipe of that going, wow, like and I'm thankful that, you know, I'm surrounded by people in in, in our career that like are are ours are Matt Carters, you know, because I can't like I my brain I just don't, it doesn't work that way. Like I kind of like beyond making the thing, the product, the art, and then recreating it. I, I just don't, I don't have like a, it's, it's not that I don't have an interest. I just don't have a talent for that. You well, know what I mean? it's easy to, you know, it's, it's always going to be horrible and ugly and terrible to do <laughs> the new things, you know, but I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I, know, just, I like it when it's messy because then it can't be my fault because who nobody knows how to do this so if there's a way to do it i can't do it everybody else is better than me i can only do things people can't do yet it may yeah, be but I mean, terribly but, you, but uh-huh. aaron y- y'all are crazy i mean that's what i'm saying like y- y'all's uh in the round uh yeah I mean, that inspired everybody. I mean, yeah, everybody's like, holy. And, and you know what you did? It wasn't because you did band shit. You, you, this is what Matt and I have been talking about. Bands are now more broad. We're, we're content creators in a way. I, yeah, I don't even like team. using the word. I don't like using the word content. I know that diminishes it. Sure. But, I mean, we are complete team-oriented art uh, creators. Yes, that's right. And, yeah, And it's amazing because this band, I didn't think of y'all as a band. I thought y'all of y'all as innovators. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, they did yeah. that. Oh man, I'm jealous. That's crazy. Yes. And it's awesome. It's that That's good. Right. Holy and and so I, but I was not thinking about the guitars and the drums and all that. Yeah. I was thinking about this whole the, Yes. It was it's it way far surpassed all that. I mean, it just it was so good. It looked so good. Everything that you did, the everything oh, sh- about it. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but 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 that's the point though, is it's a team. It is a big team that makes something it's it's new, it's experimental, and when you look at it, it is tension division, it is life the director, it is you playing drums good. It's it's a whole entity that transcends any one of you and you yeah. all work on this big machine that is a thing called under oath. You know, that's and it has to change. Like, you know, companies have to change. You can't just stay Kodak if, you you know, there's things are changing. You have to have a a Matt Carter, Tim McTague. You have to have those people that go like that. Like, I don't know. Let's just try it. No one's in trouble. I'll never forget. Dude, I'll never forget. It was one of the pivotal moments in our bands, in my brain. I walked into that warehouse and saw that and went, oh, fuck, we're going to go broke. That was my thought. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I couldn't see it, you know? And like yeah. Tim is talking to life and this K 
camera guy about how they're going to walk into the round for the first shot. And it's brilliant. When you watch it, it's brilliant. But like, I'm sitting there, I walk into that room and I go, we just, we just, I'm going to lose my house. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like that In was a my, pandemic? Like, we're doing this? My, yeah. That was my thought. And, and so I guess for me, like, it's daunting to like, look down the pipe of future touring and future you know, presenting art in a live setting to people because I just, I didn't get graced with that thing. You know, that Matt Carter, I, well, I'm, I'm going to get power from the Menards fucking park. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> well, there's no not- other way. I, I mean, I don't say, I, I mean, you, you, it just, you got to, you got to try because things don't stay the same. So you can't stay the same. There's no such thing. You can't. I'm just so I don't know what else to do, but try is all. I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna let anybody. You know, I don't wait for permission or on stuff like that. I just try, but it's messy. It's ugly. But what y'all did set a real good benchmark. Like it is the standard for those things, though. I mean, and that's you and Randy and your whole team, and you're doing it in a new way. The marketing is done different. The it's a different thing, and it's a departure from the old what I call the legacy music business. And that's not. I mean, even if you just play drums and sing, your people who are you're surrounded by is a team of twenty or thirty people who are all working together for the same goal, and it's much bigger than a band playing a show. It's right. a big thing that's independent, and I truly believe you competing with other content entities like Disney or Netflix and stuff yeah. like that. That's what you're doing. You're, no, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, and I think, I think that like, if we can wrap our brains around it, you know, if, if each one of us that makes stuff it, it, in a band, if we can wrap our ba- brains around ne- this is now about an experience. Yes. You know, now about, you know, and I, and I'm on lucky. every level. Yeah. And I'm lucky that I get to, I, I love to make, music i wake up every day and i just am so excited about it still all the other stuff i'm so thankful i'm surrounded by people that think it's cool because i just don't care like before yours i didn't have any i thought there's this is so dumb nobody's gonna pay any money for a lot you know because remember the pandemic started everybody's live streaming from their living room and it's like this isn't good we all know this isn't good but it's nice thank you for doing it thanks for coming on to support the troops you know we're just all it's all for morale for the country thank you for doing it here's a tip i was like well this is going nowhere until somebody said like you said i would have never spent that money y'all did i would have never gone that big and but then people started telling me says you hear about the numbers whatever and then y'all share the numbers you did transparently i talked to randy and be like oh no did you hear demon hunter and it's like wait a minute you mean people are that means the fact I've always been ready. I want to go to VR. I want to create in VR first, like with that in mind. Oh wow! Yeah. That's what I, I want to make stuff for that. But not yet. But but the fans yeah. are going now. The, the fans now are like yeah yeah I'll buy a ticket for the show if you do a good job. Like under oath, yeah of course you will. And then those <laughs> crappy streams where everybody you know with a guitar <laughs> asking for tips from their neighbors because they're singing. I mean that's terrible. We got that. You can't do that. Well, I even think I even think the first like larger scale live streams. Like I, you know, we said no a lot because I, I would watch these things and it was entertaining for me to watch a band on stage from one camera angle. I think that's cool because I'm you know listening to their guitar tones and how they play and I think it's great. But like the average consumer doesn't want that. So our whole thing with the live stream thing, I was like, I don't want to do it unless it feels different. And like we just talked about for 20 minutes, I don't, I didn't know what that was, but they figured it out. Like, yeah, gotta be in it. 
In it, is right. In Immersive. It. So we had like nine people and it was kind of, at first it was wild because they were in your face and, you know, it was like, you have to be in it. So I think, you know, the immersive experience is, is what it's going to take, you know, and then like you guys are saying, coupling that with like a ticketed event is yeah. really like the whole dude making a record live. That's really cool. Like, I just want to challenge other people I'm because for you. No, yeah, but it's too. not sc- Yeah, it's scary, but it, but that's what makes it fun and good, and that's what makes it engaging. And so that's really all that matters, really, and it's more likely to lead to something good. But I would challenge the other artists because you're thinking, and you'll know this is true. Have you ever played a show that's terrible and only 45 people are there and you're in St. Louis and you're just having to play and pretend like you're into it? Like nothing is worse than that. So it seems like put all of the pressure on you and put camera guys in there and have how about not 45 people, nobody. Well, that sounds like the least fun thing you could ever do. The most horrible, sterile, terrible, fake thing with no energy at all, except for you know that when you went, went – or if you were in the studio and somebody's looking over your shoulder, it bothers you. But when y'all made those videos and it was time to go, do you remember that feeling of like, holy shit, I, this is real. I'm it about to do like, this. It felt those live streams felt like a show because we actually we more didn't, so, yeah. We didn't pre-tape anything. Yeah. So it was live like real. Like yeah. and now if you go on Spotify, you can listen to them and they've been mixed and everything again. But it was like we brought a big Pro Tools rig in and it was just throw and go and yeah. It was worse than a show, in my opinion, because I was like thinking about singing was the biggest thing for me. You know, like I'm a pretty confident drummer. Like, you know, I'm not like the best drummer, but I'm I know that I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to like think about it. But singing like I never have thought about it with Under Oath before. I just go up there and I turn my head and I sing the parts and that's what I do. But when you're like, you know, that it's going through a Pro Tools rig and there's no. Yeah processing really other than some compression and reverb or whatever and you gotta be it was dude it was worse than a show i was like that's why what you guys are talking about but but this but when you're playing (laughs) for 40 people it's 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 terrible because it's it doesn't matter but this when you did it yeah you felt terrible like stage fright like oh my gosh this matters Yes. And so you really tried really hard. Like you weren't like, fuck, I got to get through this stupid show and pretend like I like it for these 40 people. And it's a dead energy and I feel bad. And I don't think this is good. And it doesn't even matter. Or my band can't even sell tickets. Like, oh, that's terrible. But to play, knowing how many people were watching in real time, that's the real pressure. Yeah. You probably played better than normal. Like, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're in. The no, third week, think, third week of tour, you know, you, you might think, not care as much being in Des Moines. But why would you, you want know, a stu- this, would you want a studio uh, guy, a stand up comedian, to go in the studio and just nail it in the studio and listen to that? Listen, you know, yeah, yeah. You hardly ever. Uh, is Aaron would know there uh, is, is one there, guy did no one for that uh, audience special. Is there that was no Some. video? Not Andrew. Sh- well, that was like a that was kind of like oh, Andrew uh, Schultz news style or did whatever something. No, that one new, guy did though. one that was like stand up and it was just two of the camera and nobody right. was there yeah. it was on yeah it was during the pandemic and he was trying That's to but wild. it was like was it because I, know, I watched pandemic? a clip of it to me don't work so not the same as music music works in a different way to me than comedy so. I'm excited I'm excited to just see 
You know, like you guys are like what you guys are talking about is really exciting. Well, like look at Nirvana Unplugged. I mean, you, you that was great. It's a special thing that got made, and the effort went into it to make it a special thing, a experience. The, Unplug, the, the MTV Unplugged series, like that's a real thing that people put a bunch into you know and it's live and it's there's no reason that's not good it is good it wouldn't be better if they did that in a studio right right but if you write you know if you were writing for that it would affect what you write because you it's like a stand-up show you write for the audience so right you you know if you're writing to play something live it feels different than you would do a bunch of tracks later so you make different decisions 10 songs yeah like like a full-length record yeah yeah and the first time everybody sees it is the first time we've ever played it live together. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so are you guys, you guys are going to do like lengthy ass rehearsals, right? We've been rehearsing already. We kind of do a remote rehearsal thing. So Dave and I have been running it on Tuesday nights. We run it. Okay. You do like yeah. audio, mover, audio movers through Pro Tools kind of thing? Yeah. 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 So we have a whole tempo map now. So I know how it's, we know how it's going to feel. It's going to go like this. This is the show. It's like a theatrical production. It's, me- it's except for it's just music, but it's here's how it's going to go. That's and we and the, the so night that's coming is a real night. So right. that <laughs> night's all coming, and we're preparing for that now, like it's a fight or something. Pre-sale ticket. You're going to pre-sale online tickets. The whole thing. Well, no, it's not. We're not airing it live. We're no. capturing our new album in yeah. one moment all together, and then we're going to mix that and finish yeah. it. And it'll have the album and it'll have the album, the Emory album event. It's an experience. And you can, the album is going to be made. You can watch. And it's an, that whole thing is an experience and a show. And it also makes an album. That's your next record. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to shoot it in like three weeks. Oh, it's happening now. Yeah. Three or four weeks. We're about to shoot it. And then it'll be out, you know, three weeks after that. And and just like with the other, we just play it all the way. It's live. I mean, you we don't like stop and redo yeah. this and that. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's live. But I mean, it. I am nervous. I'm <laughs> I'm very very nervous. About Are you it. nervous, Toby? Like like that you'll fuck up the words or something? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I do now. I mean, I I do a lot every single time we play. So this is recorded in high definition with cool everything. So you're gonna see it all. You know. I, I mean. There's a couple of mistakes on the uh, the two other ones we did that you know if you were paying attention you could tell. There's a did, there's but. a bass part that's changed. There's yeah. one. I mean, but it's like if somebody makes a mistake, we'll fix that. If I can t- tighten something up with editing, I will. Yeah. And that, but I, that we'll be able to do that. And then on the Spotify version, if we need to retract more things or do more appropriate for that environment yeah, we'll so make it right for that environment but we can morph to whatever environment we're going to yeah so you the environment that you consume it in can be different if it's a show for 100 people if it's a show for a thousand people if it's in spotify if you're watching it on a stream the it, our albums are these whole properties that have different embodiments one of them is album you know that's cool, like, man. like yeah. you're reinventing your exit is a real entity it's a song it's an experience you can have. There's lots of ways to experience that one. Ah. Thing. <laughs> so, how much are y'all paying Tropper to come back and play bass for this new record? That's the biggest expense. That's the biggest expense for sure. Are, are you guys doing like Chopper's going to play bass, and then are you going to have Seth come too, or is Dave still in in the band? Or what? Yeah, Dave's still the band. We hadn't got Seth back yet. Yeah, yeah, we can't get we can't get him back in. It's you funny know. though when you think about like it is cool. Like I just thought about this, but. 
like the it's exactly the same as making a record, but you'll get to see it made yeah, right in you one sitting though. In one sitting, you get to see Dave play the drums, you play, you oh, know, Chris cool. do this. Yeah. I mean that that part's really neat. Like you're instead of just hearing the album that was pre-recorded, you see the album. Yeah. And we all have solo yeah. shots. If we have enough cameras this time, we'll have it. So you could just watch. I want to watch the guitar version of this album. And you could just sit there and watch me play oh, the yeah. whole thing. In the playthrough videos yeah. are that right there. In car camera. Awesome. Let me ask you guys this. So, like, when we did our live streams, like, it was exciting. Like, you know, like, we were just talking about how you, there's butterflies. And yeah. we, like, pl- like, I feel like I only watched it back once, like the night we made it. But I feel like when I watched it, it felt like we were, it was a real live show. Oh, t- I hated and loved that so much. I was so, I was so anxious the night it <laughs> aired, even though I had yeah. already played it. I hate, I felt more stage fright then than ever. So let me ask you I this. I hated that time. It was so, I was so intensified that night it aired. You're making an album though that way, right? Like you're capturing an album that way. So do you, when you make, when you make recordings, like if you see Under Oath Live, it's really like, everyone's really energetic, right? If you see Emory Live, you're doing your thing. Like Toby's running around. It's a thing. It's an energetic. So, and your other live stream was that way. You guys were rocking out, right? So for this album capture, do you just like in the studio? No, no, (laughs) same. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to move around. Yeah, you have to. I mean, not the same, not all the way, maybe, but it it has to feel right. It has to feel good. So it you you have to pl- like we're writing stuff that feels good to play. That's like the that's Got what it. it has to. It has to feel you good. To tailored. Play. You guys have yes. tailored the songs to this right. experience. Yeah, because normally yeah. I sit there in the Pro Tools and try a million guitar parts and arrange and try this track and that totally. layers about this. No, the only guitar parts I can play are ones that I feel good standing up playing in the room with my pedal board that is real to me it has to be so, so it may, if i play something simpler that's going to be better maybe that's a good constraint that's cool i mean i think it's cool see that that's even another conversation where bands now and artists now will have to tailor their music to an experience you yeah. know because with our band especially because i sing that's what everything always has been that's what the radio format did. It created the that and the LP and the chamber music. They created music because that's how people listen to music. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's just all it is. I always just we always just make whatever's the coolest to us, and then you have to figure it out later, right? Like, right. especially with me playing drums and singing at the same time. Like, I've done some of the dumbest shit over the years. Yeah. Like, why did I do that? And then I have to like takes me like two days to be like, okay, like this is like the way that this goes. So, I, you know what I mean, like. But now, artists and musicians are going to begin to make things that fit. Yeah, like like I know how many uh, uh, vocal tracks are on our final mix. Five: Josh, Devin, Chris, Matt, Toby. Yeah, that's the vocal mics. That's all you so, get. So yep. Devin's arranging vocals today, and so he has all those channels. So he has to sing his part and then make guides for any other things that he's going to want to happen and assign them to people by. And then we have to remember it. And then we got to learn it, and we're going to have to do it. <laughs> Wait, so so you guys have written the songs, and then Devin's going to assign the vocal to to each man, like yeah. on and Toby's song, same thing. So Toby has parts for Josh, and he'll put them in Josh's lane, and Josh will have yeah. to learn that. But that's where it'll be. That is crazy. But there's not doubles. There's not Toby yeah. backing himself up three times or <laughs> anything. Lunsford, what's the Acidies Burn special? When is it coming out? Yeah, when are you guys doing that? Uh, what a terrible question to even ponder. Is there? 
Why? <laughs> I, I promise if you, you it show, won't dude, happen. Would you are it. going to do it. I you promise know. you. I think you're going to. I don't even. You guys are literally you just pissing away money by not doing it. Explain to you how much I understand that. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not, you're not the linchpin of the fact that it'll a never. Decade of this, of of that, of exactly what is happening right now. It's just a decade of that pissing away money because you won't do this. <laughs> and uh, I, I've done all I can. Is all I'll say. <laughs> it's just it's over. <laughs> I don't know. Not officially. I'm just saying. I, nothing. <laughs> it's over, 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 over. Yeah, it it can't be anymore with bands. But that's a good thing. But I mean, there's no such thing as a band that you know is for sure broken up, and unless some people are dead, and that does not at all yeah. mean still they still might get for back sure. together. Breaking up is the best thing you can do, and then getting back together. Like Damn. it's like there's nothing better like fiscally than doing that, or also like. For I mean, like money aside, money sucks, whatever. Like, I feel like post breakup, re get back together under oath is so much better. Like, not musically. I mean, I think it's better musically, but like, like I talk to everyone in the band. Like, we have good lives. Like, we have a functioning like system, and it, yeah. we didn't for so long. You know what I mean? Like now, like I can call James on the phone and be like, "Hey, man, did you watch that NASCAR race?" And it's normal. Like, right. and there was years where like, you know, I wasn't good friends with Tim. You know what I mean? Like, and we're so close now. Like, <laughs> no. like we go into the same. No, I don't know what you mean. You know what I mean? At all. So like, you guys are like, no, but, like, done. but like ours. Was, I know what you mean. <laughs> ours was so, our band was so but, dysfunctional. But also like, highly functional. That's what's so, bizarre about. You know, and breaking. If you look at it. I mean, because y'all went really far with a bunch of yeah. crazy bullshit around it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And now it's just like, I don't know if it's because of age or because of the breakup. But you guys should break up officially, put it online. Um, come back when VR's ready. And we come back. Have. Yeah, let Matt yeah. let Matt direct like a whole VR experience, like yeah. making a record nude live. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is go- funny if we would have broken up a few years ago, and then we would have gotten back together and did a special. We'd have it'd probably the been the bigger walls. and more ex- exciting to people just because we had said we had broken up. But I mean, we just never broke <laughs> up. We just we actually just get along real well. <laughs> Sucks. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> you never been, just been able to say that. You guys have always been the best band to tour with and hang out with because there's. I, I I know that your band has probably had drama, but I've never felt it like from Emory. Like one of my favorite tour. Like I tell people this all the time. My favorite tour isn't an under oath tour. It's an almost tour that we did with you where we shared the bus and there was not enough room for everyone. Yeah, yeah, and that was, was a good one. It was the that's the my favorite tour I've ever been on. Like literally, like. You guys have always just had it's that's man, that's lucky, dude. Because ours was like <laughs> you go weeks and months without talking to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've not had anything like that. Like that. No, I mean, like, you would like be at face value, you know, you, you'd kind of get along on tour or whatever, but then you'd go home and like never. I mean, 
I would go six months without talking to people in Undergrowth. And now it's like, I talked to Chris right before we got on this call, you know? So you guys maybe you just be- needed a break. I mean, maybe it just, it was just too maybe. much. And if you got, yeah. you got that break and then everything's better. You guys go ahead and break up officially, put out some t-shirts and vinyl and then come back in VR and, you know. <laughs> Did y'all ever see the Travis Scott rapper play in uh, Fortnite? Yeah. I watched that and you could, you could see all the car- people, players just yeah. watching and it felt real to me. Like I was just watching on a screen, but I was like, whoa, like I'm at a show that I'm at it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's a character that somebody can see me, my, you know, an avatar or whatever. Yeah. Can, they can see me. I know it was massive, and I was like, wow, it's really cool, and it was neat. And it was just him digitally, you know, yeah, like it, a, I yeah. mean, a cartoon. It seems like a no-brainer that, like, you'll be getting offers at some point from your agent, who will probably be a different type of agent altogether or something. Probably be an AI. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have some artificial intelligence will contact you about a gig with a guarantee at a place, and that place is a video game that you've that, never heard of yet. That's crazy. So you'll probably have gigs like that. You think, oh, I'm going to play casino circuit. You might be on an emerging video games circuit at some point that oh, becomes totally. increasingly immersive, and then that will dictate what you then start writing. That will be your primary art form, not what goes on Spotify in 2026. That's not I mean, the main that, thing. Yeah, we were talking about that today, but it, so much stuff is going to be gamified. And I mean, think about this. You get to watch Under O's special, whatever it will be called in the future. It'll be this. And then somebody at home can play along with Aaron on the drums and see if he can match it, like Guitar Hero. And he's just playing. Oh, he can, he can, somebody sitting on their own drum kit can follow you the whole way. And if they do it, they get 100,000 points in this game or something. Everybody, whoever's watching can play the game, see if he can play the same uh, guitar notes that you know Tim that, does or whatever. I mean, it could be any of that stuff. That sounds awful and probably real. <laughs> yeah, but not a gimmick. I'm saying there's no rush to the gimmick part of it. It's no, no, when no, I know. creators are natively pushing one boundary at a time, creating one new layer of experience for people that they've never experienced before. One boundary push at a time, one layer at a time, and eventually you'll just be so, we'll just be somewhere different, and you won't know yeah. the difference. But you still have to keep making things that aren't boring, that are new, where you push a boundary, which is what you've always. That's what we've. All, that's we all do that. You put harder, faster, bigger breakdown, more space, more ambient, yeah. more heavier. Throw your guitars around more. Go into VR. Make their haptic feedback vibrate extra when I hit this kick drum. I don't know. Whatever you can write that if you can dream it, you'll be able to write the haptic feedback that what it feels like to play the drums. You'll be able to give them a better experience of what you feel when you play drums. I think that outlook is like it's just that's a healthy outlook, you know. Because I I, I've heard both sides. People going, it's going to be great. Like we're going to figure it out, you know. Haptic feedback, let's go. And then I've heard people say, man, it'll never be the same, you know. And I, I I feel like the healthful way to create, to be music creators moving forward and artists in music moving forward is just to go, we're just going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're just going to figure it out. That's super healthy. And I com- kind of, I commend you guys, especially for that because you you seem really excited about that. You know what I mean? And I, I find myself often not <laughs> but that. Th- but well, think about this. Virtually, one day you'll be able to yell at the the dad at the at the virtual baseball game when we yeah. get off this zoom i'm gonna um i'm immediately making two twitter accounts one is a, <laughs> one is a god-fearing lady and the other is a, a 
a beefcake guy that's kind of uh she's she's getting woke right you said yes like headed towards she's yep. headed towards towards that and the guy is like a tool bag but he's kind of cool yeah kind of cool you know he's he's mu- he cares about muscles he's beefy and all that stuff you know he hooks up he has his life but he's pretty cool yeah like he's like Brett Michaels kind of and yes. so maybe you'll go to eventually you'll actually that character will go to Andro's show yeah that yeah, character I'll, will be in the game. Go to Under Oath, and you'll be able to heckle I'll directly have him on my phone. Yeah, while I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll stage that. You know, bomb the stage in the virtual yeah, show. Wild time. Kobe's character, out. right? He'll get he'll get digitally removed by the yeah. digital security. Make a I'll make an angry uh, Christian white man <laughs> that yells at Under Oath. <laughs> hey, Aaron. Wipe your lips. There's bullshit all over it. <laughs> Aaron, thanks for hanging out tonight. So fun. I uh, I listen to these um, pretty much every week. So I yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me on. A lot.